Welcome to the Acronym Podcast, the only B2B marketing podcast where we don't care about CPLs, MQLs, and SQLs. And instead, I'm going to be sitting down with the industry's top thought leaders, business owners, and entrepreneurs to uncover how they were able to build the confidence to make the leap into entrepreneurship and ultimately break free of those golden handcuffs. I'll also be discussing my own story, scaling a multiple six-figure marketing agency in under 12 months, and hope to be able to inspire the next generation of digital marketers to make that leap into entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Chris Roach. Welcome to the Acronym Podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be joined by Ryan Sullivan, who is the founder of the Podcast Principles. In this episode, we're going to discuss how Ryan was able to make that leap into entrepreneurship, how he actually left his former career as a mechanic, transitioned into the marketing space, and how he's been able to grow his agency in the past two years. I'll see you in the episode. Hey, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us on the Acronym Podcast. Very much excited to hear more about your story and dive into your, your entire journey with entrepreneurship. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, I'm excited to see what we can get into today and uh, get remove ourselves from the lens of straight B2B and maybe have a little bit more fun. Straight B2B and straight BS as well. I say we, we leave that at the door and uh, get Sounds into it get into some real conversations with this. Um, to start off with, if you don't mind just kind of giving us a little bit of a, a brief background uh, on yourself, uh, kind of what Podcast Principles is uh, and kind of how that company came about. Yeah, so you know, po- what Podcast Principles does is we are a podcast coaching and production company. So half of our business is coaching and then the other half is uh, production. So the coaching is for current podcasters as well as people who are looking to launch their podcast. Um, all of the coaching is centered around a five-call uh, podcast launch system. So that is the kind of launch side of things. So we work with people who would rather spend their money with us than spend time, you know, sitting on YouTube and Google and all those type of things and just to try to DIY it. Um, yeah. And then the other side is the production, right? So you might go through our coaching system. Um, you might be like, also, awesome, great. Like now I can launch my podcast. Uh, but hey, maybe I don't want to do the editing. So then that's how that side of the business was born of just, you know, people asking, uh, can you do my video and my show notes? I started as an audio engineer, um, basically made 80 bucks on Upwork in, in the first three months of trying to be a freelancer. And, and I said, okay. I guess this this is for me and uh, it's going to work. <laughs> just living off savings, man. So I went from Upwork to uh, uh, applying for a job at a startup marketing agency to edit their podcast. They asked me if I would do everything with the podcast, interview, promote, edit, distribute. Um, Didn't know how to do half of that, but I ended up taking that on and that was really the start of um, helping people with their podcast was this one company. Um, And that's a crazy story as well if, if we end up going into it, but. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I love the fact you uh, you you went for the job without necessarily knowing a hundred percent that you could do that, and basically figure out. Listen, I'm going to learn as I go because as a as a young businessman that's starting that as someone that's kind of making that leap onto entrepreneurship and and you know if you're a marketer out there that's looking to make that leap quite often you're going to get asked i love what you're offering but can you do this as well and when you're first starting off the answer is always yes because you can always figure out how to do it if you're given enough time it's when you turn around and go i don't know how to do this you know sorry this isn't a good fit for me when you're first starting out sometimes just saying yes can really be the breakthrough that you need Oh, yeah. And think about it. Like any marketer who's going to leave a company to go on their own, they have everything that they need, like you were alluding to off camera. 
um, but they don't know how to package it and they don't know how mm -hmm. to sell it because they're marketers. Like marketers think yeah. they understand sales because they work might work closely with salespeople, but they don't because they're not there mm -hmm. taking calls all day and they're not yeah. there doing the psychology that goes into selling. So when you, if you're a marketer that leaves your job as a marketer to go to be a full-time, you know, maybe a freelancer slash fractional to start, um, you're a business owner now, right? And this is like, yeah. this is the, um, this is how I explain podcasting to people. The second Chris gets off this podcast and opens up his editor, whether he's using GarageBand or Descript or you name it, he's now a podcast producer. He's not an yeah. interviewer anymore, right? So it's, you are now taking on all these jobs. And so if I can go from mechanic to freelancer to part-time podcaster to owning a podcast agency uh, and you know do that with literally zero experience, like you said, I applied yeah. for that job. I was asking them what what does uh, what does B two B mean? What does B two C mean? What does uh, CAC mean? What does LTV mean? What like I did not know anything about marketing at all. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, if I can go and literally get hired at that company and then go make a business later, um, yeah, I think anybody, especially somebody who did well in there, you know, reasonably well in a company, you could totally do it too. You know? Yeah, well, I have to say, you know, for, for those that listen to this podcast and that listen to a couple of episodes, you know, this is the acronym podcast, which is the only B2B marketing podcast where we don't talk about CACs, LTVs, and, and kind of CPC. So that's the last time we're going to mention any kind of marketing job. Oh, I'm sorry, that, it was a That's your first, that's your first, first strike, Ryan. There's no more mention it's of okay. any uh, marketing acronyms with that. Um, <laughs> I love it. As you go into, you know, making that job, I'm curious because, you know, you said you're a mechanic and, and, you know, forgive me for being ignorant. Are we talking car mechanic at this point? Yeah. So I was a, what they call like, see, I'll, I'll give you a new one. Do you know, do you know what this one means? R&R. &R. Do you know what that means? Uh, rest and recovery is what I'm thinking of, but I don't know if that's necessarily what you're thinking. Uh, remove and replace. So okay. that's what was my job was, was basically brakes, tires, remove the part, replace it. Uh, so yeah, general auto mechanic, all makes and models. Yep. So you figured being, you know, in a position where you were an auto mechanic, the natural next step for you instead of opening your own garage was to start podcasting. Yeah, that was, it was one or the other, right? So I'm sitting there in 2018. Uh, <laughs> you the know, natural progression is The natural progression as a mechanic. You either become a podcaster or a mechanic. Um, Absolutely. So at home, so I worked doing this. So I was going to college and, and uh, working my mechanic job at the same time. I would come home at the end of the day, and if I didn't have to study, I would work on my podcast or my music. I'm also a rapper, too. So, I saw that, you know, yep. Yeah, so I've been doing that for longer than all of this. Um, and that's also an, a couple of interesting stories within that. Um, so what happened was a I was working at this shop, and there's two sides. It's a mom-and-pop shop. I was the only employee. They only have, like, up to two employees at one time because it's, like, a three-bay small shop, right? Okay. And the owner of the shop, he uh, he's, does the bodywork side, and then his son does the mechanic side, and I worked for the mechanic side. But the bodywork side, the, the owner of the entire thing comes to me one day, and he said, hey, I know you're kind of into podcasting and all this stuff. I don't really understand it, but you might like this CD. And the CD was called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And oh, yeah. Rich Dad, Poor Dad taught me business, entrepreneurship, business, leverage, yep. um, right? So, and, um, you know, my parents were both blue collar, but my grandfather in the last 10 years of his life was a rich dad. Um, he, after being a poor dad, quote unquote, his entire yeah, life, yeah. he uh, figured out how to make money on the stock market in the last 15 years of his life. 
Um, he had three houses um, and had learned, you know, how to uh, learned real estate in the last 15 yeah, yeah. years of his life. So um, the, it's the pieces started coming together. And at that point, I said, okay, I can either, I have 20 grand, right? I can either, and by the way, I'm 19. I got 20 grand. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I can either open this shop because there's a shop, that same boss owns another shop down the street that he's not using, that he's willing to rent to me for 700 oh, bucks yeah. a month, right? Or I can go away to college and I can go and pursue that and just see where <laughs> that takes me and I chose the college route. Got you. That's, a, that's an awesome story. Actually, I, I was given that book um, when I was probably... 14, 15 years old by my dad and I took until about 19 to read it and I was kicking myself after this. I was like, I should have, I needed to, I, I always <laughs> well, needed to be told just sit down and yep. read the damn book and then learn from it. It was that. Well, was you know what my cheat thanks. code, dude, my cheat code was the, that it was an audio book. You know I that, wouldn't have read the regular book so I feel you. Yeah, that's the, that's, to be honest, that's my hack at the moment. I, I'm going through probably, I don't know, three books a month at the moment, just straight audible, um, out walking the dog, got the headphones in, just kind of going yep. through different books at a time. It makes a huge difference to, to me, it's the consumption. I just, I don't have time to sit down and read and I want to get the knowledge from these books and the ones I've read are phenomenal. I just need to find a way. So for me, that was kind of the, the life hack that I had with trying to consume as much information as possible. Um, so as you make that leap and you decide, right, I'm going to go off to college and I'm going become a an audio engineer you then go and work for a startup you're working with a startup you know presumably doing quite well um launching their podcast at what point did you make that realization and that step to say i don't want to work for anybody else anymore i want to start my own thing i want to become a business owner yeah so you know i don't know how much time we have i'll try to make sure I, this story's not too long but i um in 2019 i met gary v and so mm -hmm. after i probably i watched him for you know five six years daily v you know i was yeah, yeah. watching gary v when he wasn't the gary v that he is today um, yeah, yeah. when he was talking about wine still you know yeah and uh but i wasn't doing anything obviously with it like i just had a podcast a little bit but that was it i had no business yeah. i wasn't making money on the side and so um around the same time the company i'm working for they so first they took me off the podcast that startup marketing company i was talking to you about they mm -hmm. took me off that podcast that I made for them because they said it wasn't working, even though they had me send in mails on LinkedIn to try to book calls as if that works. But anyway, so that's not working, apparently. I go to sales because the founder of the company can't, literally can't even communicate with human beings. Like he just was uh, on and off with substance abuse, just like, it, I don't know. It was terrible, man. Yeah, like yeah, this yeah. guy, like he just wanted to be a business owner, but he just tried to hack and cheat his way. What happened was I get put on the sales and I'm grinding, dude. Like, this was like a couple of months after I meet Gary Vee and uh, I'm going into Manhattan on my Christmas on my Christmas break from at, from college. I'm going to Manhattan every day, four hour round trip commute, two hours there, two hours back, every mm -hmm. single day. And um, he's asking me to work more and more and more, and I'm like burning the fuck out, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, I don't know if I can curse on this, but um, oh, so good. I'm burning out and. So he says to me, I sleep in one morning, dude, because I'm like, I'm getting four hours of sleep. Like, I just can't do this. And he was like, dude, you got to get your life together. You got to, I'm going to give you um, the number of my life coach and I'm going to pay for you to do an hour with this guy. Okay. By the end of that one hour call, me and the life coach had decided that what I was doing wasn't the thing I should be doing. Yeah. So that guy, that my boss at the time, paid for me to talk to a life coach that would then advise me to quit that job. Mm -hmm. So that was, the Gary Vee was the first spark, 
this one hour call, my job paying me to quit. And then, um, and, and then after that, one of the editors that he hired, he tried not to pay him 1200 bucks. And I was like, I can't vibe with that dude. I said, yeah. I'm, I'm next. Right. So, um, that was really tr the transition out of that job. Like I can go into transitioning, you know, into podcast producing and things, you know, and f from there, what happened from there, but that's how I it's got out of the job. It's interesting the triggers that people have kind of in their lives with that to be able to make that jump into entrepreneurship. And for you, obviously, it was me and Gary Vee was obviously quite a clearly quite a pivotal moment in your kind of growth into that. And then that meeting with the life coach. And it's it's funny for me and it's, it's great for me to hear that feedback because every Friday afternoon I give up my Friday afternoons. I have uh, open office hours to meet with marketers who want to start a marketing agency with really no agenda. We have 30 minute slots. I'm like, hey, come and talk to me about what your biggest hurdle is right now. Um, and if there is something that I can help you with or perhaps provide guidance, you know, I'm more than happy to do that. And I've helped 10 people quit their job in the last month. And it's one of those where afterwards I'm like, all right, I, I don't necessarily know where, well, first of all, I know companies don't love me for this because I'm actively, I'm actively promoting that you should leave your job right now. And yes, you should get income on the side and there's a whole process that you should go through. Um, but I know in January alone, 10 marketers that made that leap into entrepreneurship because of the fact that they, they already had a little bit of side income and they're debating it and they're burnt out. And this is what we're seeing across the industry right now is that as all these layoffs occur, it's not like the workload gets less. So you've now got less people doing more work. The burnout is going to you know, accelerate for a lot of these marketers, especially in early stage SaaS companies. That's where a lot of marketers, if you've not been in that, in that field before, and then you suddenly get into that, it's quite overwhelming the speed of which you have to work and really the expectations. Now your work days are getting longer, you're burning out faster. And to me, you know, I'm sitting there going, is it worth it? What's the what's the point? Knowing that you can make more than that just by starting a consulting firm. So it's very interesting to hear kind of those pivotal moments for you as to what really set those triggers. Now you're at this position and you said, right, the best thing for me is to leave and I'm going to go and you know start my own company. Did you have clients at that point? Were you at zero? Was there a runway that you had? Did you have savings? Like what did that first kind of let's say three months look like when you went out on your own? Yeah, so um, I left in February, and um, uh, I started my the business of podcast principles in March of 2020. So it was great timing. Perfect, dude. School's done. You know, no more class. I'm like breezing. Every class is just whatever. You just kind of get an A. You know, like they don't they can't even teach, right? So I'm like, I'm good. And I got no other obligations, and my roommate left my apartment, so it's just me. And I sat there for six hours a day, and I just went on LinkedIn and took connection calls every mm -hmm. day for probably like three to six months straight. And yeah, that was really how it was born. To answer your question, I messaged this guy who had a podcast. His name is Mo Ali. And if you Google Mo Ali TikTok, he's got. 10 million followers he's one of the oh, wow. most he's one of the most famous soccer players i'd say like that's not a a, a pro i think he was a pro um but now yeah. he travels the world and play makes tiktoks with soccer players like limited his dream life oh, so awesome. i was like this guy's cool he's not going to answer me but i'll send a message and uh he was one of my first clients for like 200 a month so i think when i left wow. no when i left the job i had zero clients zero business um but i picked him up probably in the first couple weeks mm -hmm. and then there was a big account that i picked up 
probably four months after that. Um, that kind of huh. got me started. Yeah. So those. So really, no clients when I left. I'll tell you that. You know. But no. And I was going to so. say it. Two. I mean, two hundred dollars a month as well. That's not. You're not living pretty at that point as well. So you must oh, have been yes, sitting there dude. thinking. You know, is there not that, that voice in your head saying, just go and get a job? Just like, what are you doing? And I know you're in college. Like, and I, again, my first SaaS company I launched in college, I know you can live very, very cheap. I've been there. I've done that. I covered all my expenses working in a bar, working in a restaurant, and actually paid for a developer just from tips from a restaurant. So I've, I've been there and I've done that. But at some point, you must have been thinking, listen, yeah. I could make, you know, 50 grand going to get a job somewhere straight out of college. Like, what's that kind of way up in your, in your mind that, at, that, at that point? So the job that I left two months before emails me again and goes, hey, we can pay you more now. Uh, we have a better offer. Our company's, like, we already, like, we're not bankrupt anymore. <laughs> and 300 a week they were going to pay me, dude. And I was making 200 a month. So I'm like, shit. So I asked my roommate, he was there for the day, and I'm like, hey, dude, what do you think I should do? And he's like, I think you should go back with this job because you're going to make 300 a week and you're going to use that to supplement and, and build your business. You might mm -hmm. as well work with them for a few months and just to get some cash and um i said no so i didn't take it and i just kept doing my thing kept living off savings kept draining the savings you know <laughs> and so, how long how long did it take you to hit that I, I guess what would have been your break even point where you weren't losing money per month so i was also a dj um and i'm still a dj okay. now so like you said the side gigs like that's what i do um yeah, so yeah. that stopped obviously because covid hit but that did come back i guess started to come back in 2021 um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I got a like a four thousand dollar contract, probably like four months in. So okay. in like August of twenty twenty, that contract let me float for a few more months. Um, mm -hmm. But that was short lived. That was a short lived podcast. Really interesting celebrities and stuff. That was it was a really cool experience. Okay. Um, yeah, it was like a Fortune one thousand company who paid for this podcast to happen, and no idea why they hired me. They were like, were super. They should have hired like a real pro but yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. we got kind of got lucky on that one but that second one um was just me grinding on upwork so it was, it was upwork and linkedin all day dude um but yeah that second I, contract yeah. let me float for probably another four months after that i've always upwork is an absolute um it, it's uh it's a needle in the haystack platform you mean um, uh, I, a, a hellscape of uh <laughs> underpayment it's, <laughs> it's I, I mean, to be, I found I've actually found some very good clients through Me too. Upwork, no, I, I, I have done okay on it. Yeah, totally. it's such a it's such a crapshoot with trying to find good quality, and that's the thing. I, I actually I, I have a full time VA right now who is every day on Upwork trying to find qualified job opportunities for us um and we're very specific with our, our criteria we don't waste time with it um so maybe we're finding three to five a week like it's but it's but their full-time job is just finding opportunities on upwork for us i always say when you're first starting out go to upwork and instead of trying to send them a proposal through upwork because they're going to get 50 proposals go and find the company name and there's a couple of ways you can do that but if you can get that person's company name connect with them on linkedin send them a loom video give them a cold call, your conversion rate goes through the roof when you start doing that on Upwork. And it's something that any any marketer right now, if you've been laid off and you have a skill set, whether that's graphic design, video editing, social media marketing, Google Ads, SEO, whatever that is, you can find clients on Upwork within 30 days. You've just got to figure out how to do that. And it's a lot of it's a lot of trial and error. But once you figure that out, it's an absolute gold mine of a platform uh, if, you can, if you can manage your time in there because you can lose a lot of time on that platform as well. Yeah, so... Uh, funny enough, that company, that first company that I, the startup marketing company that I worked at, the way I got that job was they were, it's by the way, not a great idea to put your company name on the post because you will get these guys 
who hit you up. And some of them are Chris level and his VA, and some of them that's, were not, yeah. are not, right? Oh, so, yeah. It's, I love it when I, when I see a company, na- company oh, dude, name. It's like, oh, golden. We're done. Dude, yeah. exactly, exactly. How many more of us's are going to be applying to that? Like, not many with the track record that we have. That's true, yeah. And so what I did was I found the company name was there, thank God. I went on the website, booked a call as if I was a company, and that's how I got in front of the founder. And then he said, okay, come in and interview. So, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Your system works. I've done it multiple times, gotten, literally ended up getting almost a full-time job out of it, so... Yeah, it's we, we do we I mean we have tons of automations with it, but our, our most successful kind of messaging is listen, instead of sifting through those fifty proposals, we meet all of your criteria. Do you want to have a call? Like yeah. don't waste it don't because again, if you post on Upwork and you're a because I mean for us we're looking at series A to series C SaaS companies okay. that are spending ten to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month on ad spend. I mean this it's a large range, but it's qualified. We're not messing around with small companies with this. Um so it's a very small fraction of the the actual job postings we're going after, which is why when we find someone we're like, hey, this is our portfolio, these are the clients we work with, this is testimonials. Don't waste your time sifting through those fifty proposals from all these international agencies. We're a vetted US based agency, you know, with a track record. Here's our proposal, let us know if you want to get a call. And that works so much more successfully than anything else I've seen on Upwork. No, it's so true, dude. Yeah. It, 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 why are you going to do what everybody else is doing? Like that's what exactly link, LinkedIn, right? My posts, I don't care. I do posts every day. It's not, it's not what drives me. That's not what books me calls. Yeah. I, comments book me calls, but I figured that yeah. out. I figured out how to make the comments that book calls. So, mm-hmm. cause everybody else is trying to make their posts work. So, yeah. okay. So if every single post is created to try to book calls, not at all of them, but many of them, then I'll do go in a different lane and figure out where there's way less competition, right? So you calling yeah. on the phone, the phone lines are not popping. The Upwork lines are popping. So you went to the channel that had way less volume. And oh, so, nobody's nobody called. There isn't there isn't another marketer on the planet that will cold call like I can cold call. They're all terrified. That's the difference. Is that I was a uh, I've I've grown up through yeah, sales. I was exactly. I was you know chief, the deal, chief revenue officer before getting into this. So I know that I can cold call just to set a meeting. But Dude, every we could sell wants to send we could email. sell a fucking podcast and a marketing strategy together in probably <laughs> six minutes, dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I feel you. They're not, and, and that's an important point to make. It's like not everybody's like us. And so, no. you know, so that's the thing. There's people, especially marketers, they're like numbers people. They're like more passive. They're in the behind the scenes. Exactly. I get that. I get that. And you do, it's easier for people like us. You got to get out of your comfort zone. It's fucking hard, you know? There's it, no, yeah, it there's is. no other way, dude, <laughs> you know? But that, yeah. I think, is something you'd learn from starting a business. And that's been, because I, I mean, I, I've been publishing a lot of content recently trying to, like I say, encourage marketers, not necessarily marketers just to quit, but encouraging marketers to, listen, Working for a company isn't your only option. And right now, with all the layoffs that are happening, basically you're putting your financial time, freedom, control in somebody else's hands. And for me, it's the control element. I'm the breadwinner for my family. I don't want anybody else telling me whether I'm going to have a job tomorrow. I would have to lose all of our clients tomorrow. And then in a year's time, I would potentially have an issue if I could acquire no clients. So for me, taking control is such an important part of that. And I've been publishing a lot of content recently on trying to encourage marketers to do that. But the negative pushback I'm getting from, and it's ironic actually, because the negative pushback I get is from other fractional CMOs, and I think it's because they don't want the competition, but the pushback is, listen, not everybody can be a business owner. Not everybody knows how to sell. Nobody is born with the ability to sell. Babies can't sell. Nobody's born with this innate skill. You learn it over time, and as you 
begin to do it and practice and start your own business, at that point, you will develop that skill set similar to yourself. You know, you obviously have that entrepreneurial journey. You're out commuting, you're grinding, you know, you're going into Manhattan, you're two hours either way. Not a lot of people are willing to do that. You've already been there. You've, you've basically crafted this skill. And now, obviously, you're very, very talented at that. But that doesn't happen instantly you know it can take months years to perfect the ability to do that and that's where it's great seeing you know guys like yourself that have come up and been able to actually accomplish that because i think there's this almost misconception of hey listen i'm just i can't sell like i'm I'm just not confident to be able to do that you build that it's like going to the gym it's a muscle that you build and you train and then you get better at it four years in i'm now at the point where if i'm on a call like if you're listening to this right now and you book a call with me that's like the the podcast like I guess discovery call, mm-hmm. you're not, probably not going to want to book that because I'm going to either expose all your excuses, right? Like you're you're either going to like I'm going to get you fired up about changing something, right? Like over four years, I've taken a hundred calls or whatever. I've finally now, after watching every Alex Ramosi video, reading all the books, <laughs> sales books, yeah. marketing, right? I'm finally able to make basically like. If I if they hit the criteria, sell them, not because I'm trying to sell them, but because they want the thing because it's going to help them. Right. So like it's yeah, yeah you're 100 percent right, dude. It was only reps like it's crazy. My even in from two months ago, like from November to now. Everything's changed, but it was five yeah. years of that, you know, so 100 yeah. percent, dude, it's reps and, and, you know, I'm I'm super obsessed with fitness, so I love using any fitness analogies. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I love the uh, no, I love the the, the shout out to Alex Homozi then as well. Obviously, I followed a lot of his content. I'm actually trying yep. to get Layla to come on the podcast right now. I've reached out to her. Um, I'm waiting for a response on it. I'm trying to get Layla to come on. I, uh, I went to the I podcast did, at the moment. Yeah, I did the LinkedIn DM. I didn't get a response, so you find a different way if that's what you did. Try to find that's an a- email. Yeah, try to find an assistant or an email that's uh it yeah it works with some and not with others <laughs> yeah that's uh that's my yeah she, she's somebody i've been i've been trying to get onto the podcast especially because there's a lot of um for with my audience there's a lot of uh women marketers that are not making that jump there's a lot of you know out of my my online communities in the course it's a lot of female marketers are looking to make that leap so you know i want to be able to showcase successful women entrepreneurs as well um, and really have that even split and show that inspiration and for me she's the perfect example of a woman entrepreneur that's been able to scale you know very very successfully with that um and i'd love to get her insight onto you know how to start how to make that leap and really you know being able to build that so hopefully we'll i say we'll have her on in the next couple of weeks i guess we'll we'll find out i'll probably chop up this bit and send it to her and see if we can uh, get a response from that as well hey you're putting it out there i mean that's the first thing you could do then take the action and then if that action doesn't work we try the next action man you you got it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to take a quick moment to pause this episode and thank our sponsors. First, we've got the first sponsor, which is True Classic, the clothing company. As you all know from all of my content, I've been wearing True Classic for the last 18 months, and it truly is the staple of my wardrobe. What I find is that a lot of the clothes that I buy previously were all too baggy. They didn't fit right. The best part about True Classic, not only is it incredibly soft, but for those of you that have broader shoulders, that have larger arms, who just tend to be a little bit more athletic, the fit is absolutely amazing. It makes you look great. And a lot of people call these really the push-up bras for guys. I can tell you, when you wear these t-shirts, you look good. If you're interested in trying True Classic, there's going to be a link in the description of this episode. This can be my personal link, or you can go to trueclassics.com 
www.amazon.com slash thechrisroach. Go ahead, check out the store. I guarantee you, you will not be sorry if you start wearing True Classics. If you do end up purchasing them, please let me know what you purchased. I'm curious to hear feedback. Moving on to our second sponsor, which is the Independent Marketer, which is an online course and community that I've created to be able to teach digital marketers how to go out and break out of the golden handcuffs and ultimately launch either their own freelancing career or build it into their own digital marketing agency. In the description, there's going to be a link to that course. And as a thank you for listening to this podcast, there's going to be a special $100 discount on that course as well. If you do have any questions on that, please feel free to reach out to me directly or shoot me a message on LinkedIn. Back to the episode. Looking at obviously being a business owner, the experience that you've had, you know, can you talk about some of the challenges that you've faced either personally, financially, you know, you've talked about kind of those first couple of months. Um, Yes, you're a kid in college that's just graduated, like you don't have too many expenses. And for a lot of people listening, you know, like myself, you know, it's it's not as feasible to make, you know, $1,000, $2,000 a month right now. It's just, it was not possible. Um, But can you talk about some of the challenges that you face that you've had to overcome in that first 12 months of starting a business? Yeah, I would um, first of all say that I wouldn't recommend doing it how I'm doing it. I would recommend the what Gary Vee shoves down everybody's throat, which is like, ha- like stay at your job if you don't completely hate it. So yes, you and Chris, you've helped many people leave their jobs, but also like if you don't have a financial advisor and a life coach and a business coach, like do I probably wouldn't recommend taking the leap until you have other people who can guarantee that you at least have done everything to maximize your success at the next step. And I'm saying that because I couldn't nor didn't have any of that. I'm, I'm good, right? Like I'm, I'm all right now. Like what I, what I always say is it's, it's working enough for me to keep going. Right. But Mm -hmm. I would have, you know, skipped a lot of steps and also not wasted a lot of time if I would have had certain people in my life who could have you know, maybe help me do things a little differently. I don't regret a thing, right? But I would just say that yeah. if you can have that self-awareness before you go in, do it. Say, I don't I don't know my finances as good as I should. I don't, yeah. ha- I don't really have a good grip on my investments. Okay, let's just get that all ready to go, right? Like if you have a great advisor, they're not gonna tell you don't quit your job. They're gonna help you quit your job, right? So, um, and my guys, I talk to them once or twice a year, right? Like, it's not like I'm calling them on the phone every day, but just as many things that you can put in order, that car payment, maybe, maybe we don't need an M2. Maybe we can go for an Accord, right? Like, these are things people don't think about. That's why I'm, uh, you know, making these, these caveats, because it's like, these are the things that are going to catch up with you for sure. Um, And so I'll say, like, I'll answer your question. Things that have been difficult is, first of all, Probably the one that, um, you know, I think means the most is relationships, right? Like I'm in a relationship. My girlfriend has a nine to five. I do this. Our lives are pretty different. Like she came from the entertainment industry a little bit too. So me being a DJ, you know, she understands that. But nobody, especially people who aren't in going solo, they're not going to get it how you get it. And so you got to keep that. um, And I'm trying to think of the most practical things here. Um, So relationships, 100%. And making sure that it's not like they have to understand. It's just that they need to know that you're confident in doing it. And then they'll be confident in you doing it. Um, and, that's, and then, yeah. I just, just to jump in there, you know, that's what you touched on. What you touched on the, the financial side is, is great advice, you know. And a lot of marketers and a lot of professionals that want to make the leap to entrepreneurship, they're not necessarily willing to downgrade their life. 
And that's something, and there's nothing wrong with that. And that, to be fair, not, not against anyone that doesn't want to do that. I personally am not particularly willing to downgrade my life at this point too much. I'm 28 years old. We're doing very well. I like where we're at. We're making good money. We have a successful business. I'm not truly willing to downgrade it too much. I have the ability to uh, to almost flex and shrink with that. And to be honest, I've, I've always been very good with numbers. Um, I've always been very driven by monetary uh, rewards. And it's that's why I got into sales to start off with. That's why I went to 100% commission in my previous job. And we ended up making triple the next person's salary. Now, that was kind of for me, it's always been that way. Um, and that's what's really allowed me to be focused. But my advice is if you're looking to make that leap, first thing you need to do, and whether that's with a financial advisor, whether that's with your spouse, whether that's just sitting down with somebody that really has a little bit more of a expertise with finances, figure out what your expenses are. That's the biggest thing to do. For me, when I was making that leap, it was about 3000 a month. So I knew anything above 3000 a month was profit. And that to me was interesting because I was making six figures at this point. So I'm thinking, right, I got a little bit built up in terms of runway, but I don't actually need to make six figures. And it's quite interesting when you think about that because everybody compares, this is what I'm making at my job. This is what I want to make now. So I'm making 100 grand now. I want to make 100 grand as a marketing agency owner. But you actually only need to make 3,000 a month or 4,000 a month or 5,000 a month, whatever that kind of baseline is for you. And once you figure out how to do that, get the clients on the side to be able to replace your expenses because then when you make that leap into becoming an entrepreneur, you've got your expenses covered. You can breathe easily and that's the difference is that you're not freaking out you're not losing money because if you don't let's say your expenses are five grand if you make that jump you're now losing five thousand a month that is that would scare me shitless absolute terrify me so for me i made sure my expenses were covered and then we started to build up right now we got two clients then we get three clients it took me 30 days to get to that ten thousand a month in revenue that's not going to be the case for everybody. I have a sales background. I have a network. I just I just literally exited a seven-figure software development agency. Getting into a marketing agency, it was nothing new to me in terms of the way to go and acquire clients. But once I got to that point, I could then figure out how I wanted to scale that. And that, to me, is the key takeaway on the finances side is make sure basically your ass is covered because then you can at least have infinite runway before you have an issue and then you start to build it up and then you can take in the intrinsic values such as you know do i value spending time with my wife and my children greater than commuting two hours each day to manhattan obviously that's worth more to me that way Uh, so that's kind of the way to look at that and i think with the the spouse or with relationships that's also phenomenal advice because when i was starting my wife was working in the school so she's working during the day and i'm working at home and i have all this freedom i say listen i want to go and travel i don't want to sit around in wisconsin in the snow and we were never <laughs> able to do that because she had to go to a school she had a master's she was a you know she was a child life specialist she was going into it so about a year ago, we hired her with Catalyst. She came on, she handles all my video production, she handles everything with our podcast now. So she then joined Catalyst and now we both have that financial freedom. And that for me is one of the greatest achievements I've had with Catalyst, not hitting revenue, not hitting you know clients, you know some of the amazing like multiple millions of dollars of sales that we've had for clients. It was the ability that now it can truly support me and my wife, our entire family, and it gave us that freedom. And that's worth a lot more than what was a six-figure salary before. Like To me, that payoff, I, I wouldn't change. I could make 50 grand a year. I wouldn't care. To me, that was the biggest payoff was getting to that point, And I wouldn't now change that for anything. Yeah, man. I just need your tactics on how to get your girl to work for you. Um, that's one's been pretty difficult. <laughs> no, my so funny enough, my girlfriend's a teacher, so you know okay. I, I know how it is being at school all day. Uh, yeah. She has the summers off. She's 
loves it. So she's, you know, she's never going to work. I don't want her to ever work for me or with. If we do that, it, it's our own thing that we're starting, like, together that's completely separate. Um, yeah. But it's interesting. And, like, I um, I am probably a little bit different than you as well in, in terms of, like, the money. I didn't care about money at all. Like, that yeah. startup marketing job, he was like, he was like, yo, dude, 15% commissions on everything. He landed a $30,000 client that I did the intro call for. And I'm like, dude, I don't even care. Like, I don't even need that 1500 bucks or whatever. Like, it just, yeah, yeah. it never motivated me. So, um, you know, I had a business in high school slash into college that is now a legal business for most people where I made a lot of money. And that's when I, how I learned sales, right? And I like to tell that too, because that's yeah. reality. Like, I was a mechanic. I was a degenerate. My friends were addicted to drugs. Like, that like that I, I get it you know and all of our, and i say that because all of our personalities are different all of us marketers or salespeople, whatever we came from different backgrounds all of our wives and girlfriends do different things like everybody's got their unique situation um but yeah that's i think that's amazing that you you know that you guys can work together now we're <laughs> we tried to work together it's interesting but i also don't want to um forget these few things i think on that same point of you know, what are the difficulties that you're going to face? Mm -hmm. You know, I think first one's leadership. If you're a marketer, you may have managed some people, but you don't know what it's like to pay people's bills for them. And they're reliant mm -hmm. on you to pay their bills. Like that's a different animal. So that, and that's a whole hour long conversation. Um, and then within that, just delegation itself. And then my, yeah. what I've spent the most time on in the last year is talent um, and, and keeping the talent, right? So those are really the things for me. Like, like you said, sales doesn't come naturally to most people. Yeah, neither does leadership. Neither does you know yep. delegation. You know, neither does hiring. It's just uh, it's 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 all going to be new. Uh, you, you'll be better at some things than others, but yeah, those are the few for me too. And this is the thing with you know with going out on your own. It's not it's not always this amazing experience. I think it's it's almost. Uh, it's, it's over glamorized in that way that it's going to suddenly you know you got on your own and you're going to you're going to make multiple six figures as an agency owner and you're going to you know work five hours a week and you're going to travel the world and and all these things with that and it's it's not really the realistic expectations and there's a lot of things that you have to develop internally with your skill set as well but it makes you a better person and it makes you a better at whatever field you're in right now and that's where you know a lot of marketers have said to me uh, I, I want to go out on my own, but if I fail, I'm nervous that I won't get hired afterwards. I'm nervous. It's going to be like a, a oh, gap yeah. on my resume. Oh, yeah. I'm like, absolute nonsense. I've had more job offers in the last 12 months than I can yeah, count. But like, it's I, like, I, it's not. I know. I, I guess they've never edited a job search uh, podcast, but I edited 300 <laughs> episodes of two different job search and job networking podcasts. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm in. I'm an unofficial expert in real estate, job search, the military. Like I've edited yeah. so many of these podcasts, it's ridiculous that now I, I don't edit anymore, but um, I've taken all the game. If you, it's quantity, right? Like it's like un, until you're like me and you've heard 250 stories of people getting jobs, you don't realize that a gap doesn't matter because yeah. why would you think like that's 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 like saying like hey when i was nine years old i lost a basketball game you know and now that affects yeah. my job well, job yeah, when yeah, i'm yeah. when i'm 25 like it just it doesn't it doesn't matter unless it matters to one person and then guess how many other people there are in the world who can hire you yeah and that's the, i mean exactly if it doesn't resonate with someone else yeah it, it's worst case great... one person doesn't care worst case and it's probably uh, one, not a great fit yeah. work for that company anyway there you go. You want them to, which I would say, 
By the way, I don't even look at resumes, but if I did, I would say, oh, this gap, what were you doing? They're like, yeah, yeah, I went to Czechoslovakia for nine months. And I'm like, all right, sick. How was that? And then just tell me about your experience. I'm just genuinely interested, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, we are coming uh, a little close on time here, so I've got a couple more questions that I want to run through with you. Um, firstly, if you are talking directly to somebody that's looking to start their business, you know, what advice would you have to someone that either has just been laid off and perhaps doesn't know what the next step is? Maybe they are still currently working somewhere and they're looking at making that leap into entrepreneurship, but are dealing with kind of the demons of imposter syndrome. Like, what kind of advice would you give to them? Um, I'll say, like, your clients don't care about imposter syndrome. So just so you know, uh, when there's a deadline, the excuse can never be, I had imposter syndrome. It exists for everybody, <laughs> by the way. Um, it does. If you have it, that means you're doing good. It's like anxiety. If you have anxiety before yeah. stepping on stage, it's because you care. Um, yeah. If you don't, that's because you've done it 4,000 times or it's because you don't care. So that's kind of how I look at imposter syndrome. Like I can't let men, I can't spend mental energy on it because it doesn't, it doesn't it sh it it shouldn't exist but it does so i'm like if it doesn't help me then i'm good you know i get to take a little reality check am i really as good as i am well the last client was happy okay cool hopefully the next client will be happy move on yeah. um easier for some than others that's kind of a mental health thing rather than a business thing um but advice is don't take any advice just figure it out you know just take the action just try like chris can help you but he also might not be able to help you i can help you with your podcast but i also might not be able to help you so it's it's just everything is so custom in business and podcasting yeah. and sales and marketing that you know if the deal is that the next company's marketing software is the one that makes them successful and then the next company's software is a different one that they, and they're also successful. That's how it is for everything in business. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's just everything is it depends. So, yeah, I, I first for me personally, I'm a like self-development nerd and like a fitness nerd and stuff. I'll watch and consume so much shit and I'm I'm victim. I fall victim to not applying stuff and just getting in this loop of like business books and business podcasts. And but what's the next thing I have to do? Well, I have yeah. to fix my sales pipeline. Okay, so why am I why am I watching some a thing on how to make a hundred million dollars if I haven't made a million? So yeah. it's just it's very easy to take in advice and like feel good about it, but ninety nine percent of it basically consume all the advice, you know, whatever advice you want, you know, consider one percent of it and then like probably apply one percent of that. You know, that yeah. would be you know, and that's a Layla Hermosi trick too. Like she's not yeah. out there watching random YouTube videos for a reason. She's just do solving the next problem she has. Um, I'm not as good at that for sure. <laughs> I like to browse around. Um, but yeah, that would be my advice on advice, which is probably don't take it. Or yeah, and it's just. Know. I mean, it's it's the analysis paralysis you get into. It's not being able to take action. And I think the point you made about imposter syndrome is a key takeaway in that. If you're not fearful about what you're trying to accomplish or if it doesn't make you nervous to go out and start an agency or to offer these services, because that's the biggest thing. A lot of marketers, I don't know if I have the skill set to be able to offer this. My, my logic and my argument is you've already got a company paying you 75 grand a year to do this for them. Why not have five more? What, what's stopping you from offering this a service? Somebody valued you enough to pay you full-time plus benefits, plus pay time off, plus 401k match, and yet you're nervous about pitching it at 3,000 a month now to go and find another client. So you have that yep. proof already built in. And if you're not feeling a little nervous, you're probably not pushing yourself to a level that you really want to be at. If you're that comfortable where you've done it so many times, 
what's the point? You know, at that point, like, why yeah, not yeah. push yourself to be a little bit further? You're never going to better yourself as a marketer by only working with kind of in your comfort zone. And I think that's a great takeaway from this episode is push outside of your comfort zone because you really can accomplish things. And then once you do it, it feels amazing. Because I've done that. I've, I've had clients where, they, you know, hey, have you done this before? Oh, yeah, for sure. And then we've got to figure out how to do it. And then we knock it out of yep. the park and it's like, oh, now we have a, an entire template we can use for other clients because they asked us to do this, you know, project for them that we hadn't really no idea what we were doing at the beginning but we had a rough idea and i was a little nervous to take on the project because it's an enormous client and then we knock it out the park and now we can do it with all of our clients and now our processes improve and we found that over the last 18 months of kind of building in from you know series a companies to series c companies we've really been able to continue to progress our offering by taking clients that maybe we should have been a little bit nervous to kind of bring on if you're not nervous then you know fucking quit then i don't know like what are you doing it for like right and and to your point um don't quit by the way but to your point (laughs) the (laughs) you're an entrepreneur now you're just not doing sales marketing hr billing right like if you have a job as a marketer you're an like you're a business owner you just don't own the business and you don't do any of the business stuff like you're gonna have the same job like your job's not going to change. You're mm-hmm. just going to also do the other five functions of the business. Like there's no, it's kind of simple, you know, like that's how I look at it. If you're within a company, they're paying you for a service. They're also, they're just buying your time on a, on a contract basis yeah. instead of renting your time. Right. So it's just kind of the same thing. It's just a different format. You know, at a, um, at a discount at a discounted rate, I'll add when you are working full time. Yeah, exactly. severely discounted, severely discounted rate. I mean, nobody, most people. I mean, listen, my favorite thing is that Warren Buffett makes more on you know Apple than the CEO of Apple. You know, yeah, yeah. it's like this is a there's a this is a game, and you're entering a different game, but it's essentially the same thing and you're getting underpaid as it is you know so it's like yeah what's the worst half that happens you, you're still getting underpaid but you don't have a boss i mean well that's the to me i mean the the areas you've talked about is you know yes you have to do hr yes you have to do accounting you have to learn to do sales you know there's all these elements of the business but once you get good at doing one area of business very very well you can outsource the rest you don't have to do everything and that's a lesson that i learned very early on is that I don't have to be doing everything for the business. That's why we have a VA doing a lot of the prospecting. That's why we have internal marketers underneath us that are handling, you know, some of the client accounts. That's why we have, you know, individuals that do bookkeeping, accounting, tax filing. You know, I don't do everything with that. It's not it's not necessary to be able to do that. And I think when people first make that jump, they're terrified of I'm gonna have to do everything. Only for the first six months. After that, you can really start to, once you've got a couple of clients, once you're starting to hit some serious revenue, for me, it was once you get past like 10 grand a month, once you hit that benchmark, start to see how you can buy back your time because I've been there where, you know, we've made, excuse me, we've made 50,000 a month, but I was working way more hours than I wanted to. So I started buying back more time and, and, you know, bringing people underneath me. And I started getting to that point where I was like, that to me, makes a lot more sense because I value my time with my family. We travel around, you know, we have a great life with this. I value that more than that additional 10,000 a month that we can make because I know that puts me over the threshold of where I really feel comfortable working. Yeah, I I know. And I know we got to wrap, but I just, this is a, this coincides with this completely. Brad Lee, not sure if you're, you follow him, but he said most people when they get 5k think it's their 5k. 
if you had a job making $75,000 a year and you got a $5,000 bonus, you look at that five grand and you go, this is my five grand. When people step into business, they make the mistake of doing the same thing. They go, I just got a $25,000 contract. This is my five grand. I'm yeah, going to yeah. take this five grand. So, yeah. You got to take the five grand and go, this is not my five grand. Put it in the business account and then spend the shit out of it on things that'll make you back six or seven mm -hmm. or eight, right? It's like, it's a mindset shift. It's an initial reaction is not, this is my five grand. It's, this is not my five grand. I got to use this to make another five. Which, just to piggyback on that, before we end, um, the easiest way to do that is to set up your business bank account and to have that as a separate account. Now, that took me <laughs> about four years to set up, Chris. So oh, you got, once yeah, again, you've got to be do doing this that. sooner. Do this sooner. From, from, <laughs> from day one. <laughs> Accounting. From, yeah, from day one, because you have your business bank account set up. And let's say you're doing 10000 a month. When you're first starting out, put the ten grand a month into the business bank account and then pay yourself whatever your expenses are. Let's say it's 3500 Pay yourself that for the first six months. Then you build up a cash reserves. Now you've got buying power. And that's the that to me was the hack that I really went in in the first 12 months. I was like, now I have, I mean, at this point, we have a year's runway. I, for myself personally, I have about three years runway at the moment where we would lose all clients. Like it's just not, it's not really an issue. Um, yep. But I use that to invest in the business and that's allowed us to scale very, very aggressively is that I didn't try and make $150,000 a year right out of the game. I invested it into the business so we could grow, you know, in the, in the long term. And I kind of sacrificed my short term incentives, you know, to be able to achieve that. Yeah, man. No, I suggest doing it that way. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you don't have to free ball it. Most people are going to do that anyway. And if you need yeah, any yeah. help, you go to Chris, you go to fucking YouTube, you go to LinkedIn. I mean, all the answers are out there, you know. Absolutely. Well, hey, Ryan, it's been an absolute pleasure. I loved our conversation today. Uh, for those that are listening that do want to get in contact with you or perhaps learn more about your journey, learn more about the company, uh, how can they reach you? Yeah, so if you're using LinkedIn, Ryan R. Sullivan on LinkedIn, you should be able to find me that way. Uh, my name's super common, other platforms, not sure. Um, but yeah, Instagram, I'm, I'm actually moving over to YouTube. So if you're on the okay. video version right now, you can might see it, it's Sully Bop. So if you want to Google uh, or sullybop.com, S-U-L-L-Y-B-O-P. That's my personal, that's my music, that's my podcast, that's my you know rap and production and DJing and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then LinkedIn's more of my content business, uh, the podcast business. Uh, that's all there on LinkedIn or podcastprinciples.com as well. So. Awesome, Matt. I appreciate it. Well, we'll make sure all those links are included uh, both on the podcast and the YouTube and then on any of the shorts as well. Um, but really appreciate you taking the time to come on today. It was a pleasure learning more about your story. Very inspirational. And I hope there's uh, a lot of people that have been inspired by this. This was a lot of fun, Chris. Keep doing it, man. I'm excited for this podcast, brother. Yep. Cheers. And that concludes this episode. If you have any questions, please head into the comments where you'll find all of the available links. If you have any questions on our sponsors, all the links will be in the description. Please stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you.